How's it, Mzanzi? Welcome to Farmers Inside Track. This is episode 276. I'm your host, Tornumdu. In today's episode, we explore expert insights and best practices to protect pig population from diseases and ensure a sustainable and thriving swine industry in South Africa. We focus on the basics with our expert, Dr. Jafta Mokohile, Senior Lecturer at the Faculty of Veterinary Science at the University of Pretoria on the Shaput campus. Over to you, Octavius Pandil, Food from Zanzi journalist. Thanks, Dawn. Dr. Jafta Mukule, welcome to Farmers Inside Track. What exactly is biosecurity in pigs? Yes, thank you so much for this wonderful question. If you look at Barcelo, J and Food and Agricultural Organization, they define biosecurity as the application of measures aimed to reduce the probability of the introduction and the spread of the pathogens. So basically, we just want to reduce these pathogens from spreading and being introduced at the farm level. So biosecurity basically is divided into two parts. Part number one, we look at the internal one, and part number two is the external one. So let's look at the external one. Basically, the external one, as we said, we want to reduce you know, the risk of pathogens coming into your farm. So basically we say you want to reduce the probability of the introduction of the pathogens. So how do you do that? You protect the farm from dangers from outside, whereas the internal one, we're looking at the ways in which we can reduce the spread of pathogens, you know, that are already in the farms. We're talking about other diseases that can come into your farm and cause a lot of problems. So what do you do? When you look at the external biosecurity measures, you're looking at physical barriers. What are the physical barriers? We're talking about fences, you know, writing a signage and gate to allow people in and, and out, and banning other things like animals, people, and vehicles, because you need to be able to have a system that, you know, manage that particular risk. Now, let's go quickly to internal. What do you mean by internal? So think about everyday things must come into the pig farms, like, you know, you've got genetic materials, people, and vehicles. So you need to have a system to ensure that when all these things are coming into the farm, they are well managed, and then you are reducing the probability of the stress. How can you do that? You look at the pig flow, make sure that you start with the smaller pigs, younger piglets, you know, to older pigs like that, and then your house is clean, and then your personal management is well Is it an expensive or costly exercise? Why must farmers invest in it? Yes. You know, the other time when I was working somewhere, and then I went to this other pig farm, and this pig farm received a biosecurity standard from SAPO. I think it was talking about POC 360. And this farmer was an old man. He said, look, for me to be able to start and implement this biosecurity exercise, it's going to cost me a lot of money. And I understood what that farmer was saying. Yes, it is a costly exercise. You will incur costs. You know, if you think about it, as I talked about the physical barrier, you need to think about the fence. Putting fence around your farm is a lot of money. The gates and all those things. You have to buy PPE for your farmers, tools and equipments. You know, disinfect your farms. Yes, it's going to be very costly. But why should you invest? We've got some of other diseases that will come in and kill pigs. And those pigs, when they're dead, then you have problems. What are those problems that you can have? You can have macro and microeconomic challenges. What are the microeconomic? We mean by you lose your pigs, number one. And when you lose your pigs, 
The other time I went to some farms in Gauteng, you know, because I'm busy with my PhD. When in that farm, when I went there, this other guy had a problem with the outbreak of African swine fever. Then he could remember very well to say that I had swine fever, pigs were dying. So that thing has not left him. So it's an emotional, painful experience for the farmer, for the farm worker. And, you know, people that are coming to do work at your farm, like government officials, it's a painful and emotional experience. So when the pigs die, you have to start afresh, you have to pay a lot of money to control the disease, you know, pay more money to, in terms of veterinary fees, you know, pay more money buying antimicrobials, you know, buying vaccines. So on, at the personal level, it is like that. Somebody was saying to me, he knows of the other farmer who has put the two of his children in the university. When they had an African swine fever sort of outbreak and he had to pull those kids from university and all that. But can we go back quickly to the, the macro one? Now, some of these diseases, you can infect other farms, you know, you can affect the towns, the provinces, you know, government needs to put more resources to control those outbreaks. You need to take those pigs and bury them somewhere. And the government need to put restrictions. So it costs government a lot of money to control those diseases. But most importantly, people are not going to be able to sell. People around you, you are affected and you are infected, but you are also affecting people that are around you. So those people are not going to be selling more pigs anymore. Like think about your auctioneers. They'll say around that area, let's stop the auctions. Remember late last year, there was food and mouth. Then the minister had to say, let's stop the sales of pigs and cattle and all that. So it impacts the country in that way. You interrupt the trade of the country. The country loses the status of the disease-free status. And when you lose the disease-free status, it means now if we're selling these products in other countries, the other countries will say, mm -mm, I don't want your animals. So that is why this becomes very important for us. I'm curious to actually know what will happen mm -hmm. if farmers compromise on biosecurity? You know, biosecurity, it is all or none principle. So when you do biosecurity, you must do it very, very well. You must implement it comprehensively. Recently, there were other farms that had outbreak of this other disease that I talked about. And, you know, they have biosecurity, you know, they've got the fence, they've got all those things. And then they had the disease. We don't know what was the cause of this outbreak of this particular disease. But be that as it may, you know, when the farm has all these particular biosecurity measures in place, and then they still have the disease. So that is why I'm saying it is all or none principle. When you do it, do it well. If you have this disease, you will pay more money to control the disease. You will pay more money for antimicrobial. So it becomes costly for you. But again, we lose more income personally, and the country loses the income because, you know, remember when you go out and buy feed, all that money goes back to the fiscal, you know, through tax, through various things. When you sell your products, all this money comes back to the country. So we lose a lot. So it impacts both macro and microeconomy, like I said earlier. Some farmers could argue that they have not experienced any problems. Why is a farm without biosecurity seen as a problem? You know, it's a matter of time, the matter of luck, the matter of, you know, when they say there's a lion on the street, you know, you want to protect yourself. You don't want to go walk on the street so that you can meet the lion. So we're saying this is a very serious thing. When we have these diseases, then it becomes a very challenging thing. You, you know, you do not want to live with these risks. You know, when you have biosecurity, think about it like this. 
But security for me, I want to think about it like this. It's as an insurance on your car or your house. When you have that insurance and you are driving through, you know, that you have that peace. It gives you that assurance. It gives you that confidence. So that if something happens to my car, maybe by mistake, I'm involved in an accident. Then I'm not going to incur expenses or somebody else will come and assist me to deal with this thing. So when you have biosecurity as a farmer and other people that are working, the stakeholders that are involved with that farm, you know, the workers, the farm and the veterinarians and, and nutritionists, all of them, they have peace to say that we are doing our best to make sure that we are able to produce and sell and make money and be able to feed our families. So that's that. But when you don't do that, then you don't have that peace. It becomes a ticking time bomb. It can explode any time. But when it does, and if you're not ready, then it can be a big problem. What does a biosecurity program look like? Can you just share some of those practical things specifically looks like? We have already talked about external biosecurity measures and the internal biosecurity measures. There's various biosecurity measures, especially the external ones and internal ones, depending on how big the farm is, on the ability. As you said, this costs a lot of money. But there's few things that you can do practically, like, you know, when you bring new pigs, put them aside, look at them, watch them, evaluate them. Because, you know, we say if the pigs are sick, then they will be sick in the next one or two weeks, depending on the disease and the incubation period. That's the term that we use in the veterinary field. Incubation period, it means maybe this pig is sick, but after some time when it's sick, then it will show you that it's sick. So if you give it that time, those pigs that are coming, you put them aside in a building far away from within the farm, far away from other pigs. You're able to see if there is a problem with those pigs that you got. And you must be able to get pigs from reliable suppliers also. Don't buy pigs from anywhere. I know there was African swine fever recently. This farm bought these pigs from an auction and they were coming from all the way from another farm in another province. That began to cause problems because they did not quarantine these pigs. But again, you buy them cheaper, you buy them from the sources that you know. You know, check if these pigs are sick, like I said. You need to improve your, your genetic material within the farm. So you need to decide, are you bringing the semen? If you bring the semen, are you making sure that your semen is well handled, the hygiene part around the semen? Because some of the diseases can come through into the farm because of the semen. Watch these things and watch the pigs that you're bringing. Loading and offloading. This is another challenge when you talk about the developing farmers when you've got a speculator coming in a farm. A speculator will come and collect 20 pigs in farmer X and then another 50 pigs in farmer X, another farm, another farm like that. So that vehicle can be a cause for spreading some of these diseases. So your loading and offloading of animals need to be carried outside the premise, but you need to make sure that all your vehicles need to be disinfected. And then the feed also need to be offloaded outside your farm because those are things that can be able to bring the disease. If you read literature, you'll hear that in America they had another disease called epidemic diarrhea because of, you know, the feed companies coming into the farm. You know, remember these vehicles will move from point A to point B and all that bring those things. So you look at that. So that is the look at your feed. Again, manage your feed very well. In big farms, they implement shower in and shower out, wearing new overalls and all that. But in smaller farms, that maybe that might be expensive to have shower in and shower out like that. But there's other things that you can do when you come in. Make sure that at least if you find a system where you can disinfect your vehicles as they come in, you know, wearing, you know, gloves, 
clean overalls and appropriate overalls like that can be able to assist, disinfect all the equipment. Those are the things that can assist. Let's not forget the rats and the insects. You know, you have rats moving around in the farm. Other people are using uh, the cats and all that. So, but we know that in literature, they say some of these cats can cause problems, you know, when they're managing this rats control. But another expensive one is make sure that there's no contact with the outside world, as I said. You know, either with wild pigs and all that, that's why you must erect fence. Fence might be a little bit expensive, but you can try and make sure that you wear the proper fence around your, your facility because that is your important barrier. So that is looking from outside. Those are the things that you can do. But again, when people are coming into your farm, make sure that people are able to have a register. Register is not difficult to have a register. It helps you to say that by this day and this day, Dr. Mukwil came from my farm. And then if something happens, then you can go back and say, the last person that was here, it was Dr. Mkwili and Mr. X and all that. Or it was this company coming to deliver feed. Then you were able to know you can do what you call trace back. So those are the, the, the important things. But another important thing, just make sure when people are coming to your farm, ask them not to go visit other pigs within 72 hours. Ask them to say that, please, when you come to my farm, make sure that you have not been to other pig farms. Like preferably with other pig farmers will say, come on Monday because they know you have not been to a pig farm on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then that's how easy it is. So that is looking from outside. The pigs that you bought from breeders or they're coming from somewhere else, make sure that those pigs now are able to adapt within the new pens. And then when they're in the new pens, vaccinate these pigs. Again, have a proper vaccination program in your pig farm. Consult the vet so that they can assist you with basic vaccination program. Another thing that you need to do, as I said, when you are in the farm, start with the smaller pigs because smaller pigs are more naive getting diseases. So you don't start with the bigger ones and go to the smaller ones. You start with the smaller ones and go to the bigger ones because the bigger ones, we say, they are more stronger in terms of fighting the disease. So watch those things. We still need to make sure that our Farms are well cleaned and are disinfected because when you do that, you reduce that microbial load. But again, this goes back to ensuring that the design of your farm is, is taken into consideration because some of these diseases can become a problem when your design is not well done. Your houses are not well planned, you know, making sure that there's slats, you know, the water can go out, you know, there's water can flow out outside the, the farm and all that. Good farm management, don't feed your pigs will, don't do that. Make sure that the workers and the farm workers and people that are coming there, they don't eat pork inside the farm because we know some of the diseases, they can stay in the cold environment if you've got processed pork products like your ham, salamis and all those things. If you bring them into the farm, then it can be a, a way of, of, of infecting your pigs. So make sure that the workers are not able to bring these lunch boxes with pork. But again, also the workers are not going out to go see other pigs during the weekends and all that because that can be a danger. You can endanger other farms. And finally, who sets up biosecurity programs for pigs? It depends on the size of, of the farm. You've got the farm owner and the workers, you'll have the vets, and again, you will have other people that are involved. So all those people that are with, working within that particular farm, they are important in, to ensure that, you know, this farm biosecurity is well maintained. So you need to sit with the vet, 
the vet is considered as the expert within the veterinary aspect, the diseases and management. So work together with your vet, but let it sort of a coaching approach wherein you all sit around the table, you talk, you plan, and you implement these systems and make sure that there's no weaknesses within the systems. You always keep on evaluating these bicycle measures. When you do that, it becomes a win-win for everybody in the sense that the farm welfare, animal welfare of the pigs is well catered for, and then the productivity of the farm is well catered for. Once all those things are done, everybody as a team benefits from the success of the farm. Thanks, Octavia. And it was great having you join us here on Farmers Inside Track. Dr. Jafta Mokoile, a senior lecturer at the Faculty of Veterinary Science at the University of Pretoria on the Shippert campus. Really great insights specifically for new and developing farmers. You can, of course, read more on this topic by visiting www.foodformzanzi.co.za. Just go to Farmers Inside Track. And that's a wrap. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. From me, Don Numdu, Octavius Pandil, our technical producer, Megan van der Vent, and the rest of the hashtag Team Food from Zanzi, thanks for listening. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.